So hello and welcome to Stream Theory. Uh, my name is Jackson. I am the creator of the YouTube channel Skip Intro. And on the line, we have Thomas Flight, the creator of the YouTube channel Thomas Flight. How you going? Hi, Jackson. I'm doing good. <laughs> that was very, that was very rehearsed. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded yeah. very professional of us. No, no. What do you mean? You just, you just called me. It's just, yeah, we haven't been talking at all for uh, any amount of time. And certainly not about um, illicit ways to... Uh, acquire media for oh video editing purposes certainly not about that that would be no one in a no one in the video essay industry does any of that ever um so today we have a bunch of stories about the streaming wars although nothing too too juicy um we have a couple we have some news about netflix's oscars performance we have some news about some nielsen ratings which i think is a good opportunity to talk about the nielsen rating and we also have watched the circle on netflix which is a reality television show um, it's a show it's definitely a show it's certainly a show uh, <laughs> so let's uh let's start at the top here let's start with some news and we still don't have a catchy name for this for this segment but this is the news segment <laughs> <laughs> what do we have first on our docket today today well the Os we talked i think last time about the oscars and how netflix was leading the pack in terms of uh, nominations of not just streaming studios or companies but any studio and uh they didn't hit it big most of their big films uh didn't grab too many nominations they only got two uh one was best supporting actress for laura dern in marriage story which was and a the, which was a wrap before it even started. Yes, that was very deserved. And then the other was for the documentary American Factory, which I um, have not seen, but I've heard great things about. Yes, I might talk about that at the end because it's spoiler alert. My uh, recommendation for this Ooh, this month. So my, uh, my recommendation is also on Netflix. So we're wow, big pro Netflix Net pod today. <laughs> Netflix stock is on the rise, which it is actually uh, the. Morning after the Oscars, uh, their stock had a little bump. I don't know if that's related, but uh, they have, uh, yeah, they, they had a pretty good year this year in terms of right, kind of busting into the film world and having a bit of buzz around that. Um, and it sounds like they're setting up for another great year. They have a whole bunch of film talent stacked for this year. So we'll see. It uh, looks like they don't have any plans of like slowing down in terms of kind of attacking that the film sector as well as TV. So and in it's crazy because we started this podcast um, or when we started this podcast, one of our first stories was about how Netflix had just lost subscribers for the first time. And everyone yes. was looking at all these streaming services coming on the horizon. And we we're people were starting to be like, well, it was good knowing you, Netflix you're you're gonna be you're gonna be toast soon and it's just it's crazy how how quickly we are to write things off these days and uh i think all along you and i have both been saying that netflix is, has a ton of institutional momentum and how they're not going to be that easy to write off and here they are uh making gains and rising stock prices in the i don't know what quarter it is but in this last quarter um which is only yeah. like a quarter and a half removed from the one where we all thought they were doomed so <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, I think and, and we're riding this wave, but I think the, the narrative of the media narrative surrounding this, like the, the st streaming wars has become this term that I see like everywhere now. Yes. Yeah, um, and and as part of that narrative, that is sort of just like created by the media that talks about this stuff. If, if it's a war, you have to have some casualties. And I think so the way people talk about it and sort of the way it's being framed leads us to think like, 
oh, when, you know, when is it going to blow up? Who's going to lose? And I, certainly that will probably happen. You know, there there's going to be some people who don't make it out, but uh, it, it doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be quick. If Netflix dies, it's not going to be in a bang. They have they have so much, you know, built up around them that it would be a slow, slow death over time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the one of the things that we should continually remind ourselves and um, whoever it is who's listening to this podcast that it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a zero sum game. Um, yeah. Just because, you know, Disney Plus enters the race doesn't mean that anyone who goes, who joins Disney Plus is going to leave Netflix or vice versa. Um, yeah. I think we've even seen that in, in the data that most people who have Disney Plus also have a Netflix account. Right. Um, right. So I think that it's just important to remember that, you know, this could just be like uh, an expansion, a spreading out of the television and streaming audience rather than a, a musical chairs on the Titanic kind of thing. Right. And and to a certain extent, I think just a transference, like this, one of our other stories will kind of speak to this, I think, statistically. But people traditionally would spend a ton of time watching traditional TV and spent, uh, I forget what the numbers w- were when I looked at them, but like upwards of like 50 to $80 on average or something for like a cable package. Um, and cable is kind of slowly going away. I think there's still room for these younger people to like grow into that market of, I'm not saying the average price someone spends on streaming services overall will necessarily hit $80 again or whatever it was for cable. Hopefully it'll be lower and better for all of us if it's a little bit cheaper or at least better for the consumers. Sure. But, um, you know, there, I think there's an extent to which like as streaming is basically just replacing uh, what cable TV was, it, it has room to grow, you know, in terms of price from not just one or two services that you have, but several, you know, a handful that you probably have, you know, that you might spend upwards of 40, 50 bucks a month on. Yeah. And as, as you've been uh, quick to note in the past as well, I think a lot of a lot of the dialogue, maybe this maybe this first segment is just kind of us pouring cold water on a lot of the hot takes out there. <laughs> but, um, you know, one thing that people has become like a very common meme, and we've talked about it on the show before, is that people are are thinking, oh, the more that this gets like cable price tag wise and the more every every network has their own streaming service, the more it's going to just be cable all over again. And, and we both have pushed back on that idea because, A, there aren't any commercials on Netflix. You have everything at the tip of your fingers rather than uh, having to wait until 9 p.m. on a Sunday and watch it live. And there's also the money is going directly to the production company. There's no in between. So these there's a lot more of a direct corollary to what you're paying and what you're getting. Yeah. Um, which yeah. is good, I think. Yeah, I think I think it's hard for like people see sort of the the fantasy that you have at the beginning of like, oh, I'll have one service. It'll be Netflix and I'll pay 10 bucks, eight dollars a month for it. And it'll have all the TV I want to watch and all these movies. It'll have every it'll be like the Spotify of, you know, visual entertainment or whatever. And that is just clearly not going to be the case, uh, at least in the near future, in terms of the way things are um, with streaming. And I think to a certain extent, like that's OK. You know, I don't know how comfortable I feel ultimately with like the funnels of like that we have with music where like everything goes in one place or like it, it there's at least even if it provides a slightly less cohesive like user experience, you have to switch between apps to watch two different shows or whatever. The the competition between the different services 
is a lot of what drives like uh, the quality, I think, of the entertainment that we're seeing right now. For sure. And if you ask any uh, musician or, you know, music critic or anyone following the music industry, Spotify is pretty much only good for the top of the top. Musicians don't make that much money from Spotify and Spotify has no one to compete with. Um, yeah. Realistically, I guess Apple Music exists, but there aren't really any holdouts anymore. For a while, there were a bunch of bands and musicians and artists that didn't want to be on Spotify because they thought it was, you know, uh, exploitative um i think of acdc and led zeppelin and taylor swift were all holdouts for a long time uh the beatles might still be a holdout i'm not i think they're on now yeah but it's some maybe not spotify but sure 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 but um you know because there isn't that kind of monolithic service in movies and TV, and because there isn't a live version of that where artists can make their money back, I think it's really important that there be a bunch of different services so that people and creators can, you know, kind of shop around and and get what they deserve. Yeah, yeah. And you hear consistently people complaining about, you know, like you were just saying, the amount of money artists make from Spotify. Uh, they're different industries. It's different. You know, it's not a direct comparison, but you don't hear many people complaining. Maybe they're shrouded in NDAs. I'm certain. I'm sure there's people getting screwed over some somewhere. But usually when people are talking about a streaming service or whatever, the complaint is not like, oh, I didn't get paid uh, right. for the work I was doing. So uh, that doesn't seem to be an issue, at least right now. But And for what it's worth, I've never I haven't heard anything but good things in terms of Netflix's relationship with their creators. Um, of course, yeah, of yeah. course, the caveat there is the people that I hear from are generally people who are more top of the food chain um, right. because yeah. they have a public platform. But, you know, it seems like it's a pretty pretty good place to work uh which is which is just a you know what i don't want to turn this into a netflix ad so uh i'm gonna stop there we're not netflix shills we're not (laughs) even though even though thomas sometimes you know makes videos for netflix but that's not important that's unimportant yeah (laughs) you know it's uh not a conflict of interest so I think now's a good time to kind of transition into uh, we've already kind of talked about Netflix in relation to old school TV watching. And I think one thing that we've been ever since we started this podcast been trying to figure out is how you put a number on that. How do you quantify what yeah. kind of market share Netflix has? And uh, for those of you who don't know, the Nielsen ratings are kind of what we consider TV ratings. Um They've been around for since the 50s. Um, and so I have a I have actually a really interesting bit of insight that I can give on this podcast. I've been waiting my whole life. Oh, my God. Are you a Nielsen? Last, like, are you a Nielsen household? I was a Nielsen household. Oh, my God. Point. Yeah, <laughs> I've never met uh, one of you. So it was incredible. They sent me a little pack. They sent me a, an envelope with cash in it okay um, okay first b- before you get it because this is super interesting but before we get into this i think a lot of people think that the nielsen ratings are just kind of like stats that they've taken yes. over um the entirety of television but that definitely was not a thing in the 1950s and it is not the way that their business is constructed instead they they select nielsen families which apparently thomas was one of so uh these people kind of serve as uh representative almost like uh congressional members i guess um yeah. except they're not you're, elected. you're the delegate of your area in terms of what you're watching on tv um, so they sent you a packet there's kind of like a i'm probably breaking all the the NDAs I'm sure I signed whenever I was one by saying all this stuff because I don't think my original idea was I was going to make a video about it when it happened but then they they you're not allowed to like post 
photos or video of like the process or whatever which makes sense um but i don't care i don't know what they would do sue me maybe but <laughs> anyway i they he's a renegade like a <laughs> there's a come at me nielsen no just please don't <laughs> um this is a friend of a fr- actually this happened to a friend of a friend it wasn't me so i'm just relaying this information. anyway <laughs> Um, there's like a pre-selection process. So you get something comes in the mail and it had like five bucks in it. And it was like, Hey, please fill out this, you know, questionnaire. And it was like, do you have a television in your house that's connected to broadcast TV or cable TV and how many people watch and how often, you know, do you watch during the day? And the interesting thing that I was very, well, I filled that out, put in, you know, answered everything truthfully. How old are you when this happened? Uh, this was, uh, this was three or four years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, it was pretty recent, but I was, I was doing YouTube. It was like, I was in the like first year of my YouTube channel. Okay, cool. Um, at the time, I had a TV that was hooked up to like broadcast television, like free over the air broadcast TV. Um, but we didn't watch it very often. We'd watch maybe like, you know, the Oscars or the occasional like live event or something. Right. Right. So it was like, well, I have TV, you know, and I filled out the, you know, the questionnaire truthfully, sent it back. And then you get like if you're selected, you get a larger like package that has this booklet where you basically are supposed to fill out this diary. Um, yeah, it's a, like a paper cool. diary, right? Yeah, you log. It, it has like, you know, for I think it was three or weeks or two weeks or something. It has like a schedule of, the, you know, each day and like every hour in the day. And if you watch something, you're supposed to write in like what you watch. So what I didn't realize when I was filling out the uh, the initial questionnaire, but that was explained because they also give you all this information about like what counts and what doesn't is that at the time, no streaming viewing was being tracked. Right. Um, and this, which is ridiculous to me because this was, this was only even a couple, you know, a few years ago. Um, so only the only things that I could officially fill into my booklet were like things that I watched that were on actual TV and I only had over the air TV. Um, and so during the two weeks that or two or three weeks that I was a Nielsen house, <laughs> watched like three things, <laughs> I watched nothing. And so I filled in the questionnaire truthfully. I just, you know, every day I put whatever you're supposed to put when you watch nothing. Uh, and then I sent it back to them. And that was my uh, <laughs> that was my Nielsen. So according to Nielsen, and I think this leads into what we want to talk about here. Yes. But like Nielsen looking at me during that time, I watched zero television according to what they were tracking. Or they looked at you and said, wow, this guy, we really picked a poor applicant because he didn't even right. bother to <laughs> yeah. fill out his paper diary. Yeah, he didn't even. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I did fill in the thing. You know, they like ask you to fill in something even if you don't watch something. So you're OK. Like, so you have to you have to be engaged. Yeah. So and I, I dutifully like filled in the fact that I wasn't watching anything. So I didn't just send back an empty booklet. Although I guess if you were really lazy, you would just get the <laughs> packet, keep the money. They send you money with the packet, though. That's the thing. So if you wanted to be lazy, you just keep the money and just not even bother to send the booklet back. Right. Um, right. So. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> yeah, according to them, I watched zero TV, except during that time, I watched probably like, you know, two hours of Netflix a night or whatever, you know, the Right. So, yeah, I think I think that's the thing is like it's easy to hear about Nielsen ratings and think like, oh, this is an objective evaluation of like what people are watching. But first of all, it it relies on somebody to write down in a booklet everything they see on TV in their house. Yep. Um, And so that's obviously not going to be super accurate, uh, especially if you watch a lot of stuff or like turn the news on while you're having breakfast. Like, are you going to remember to write that down if you're if you're tracking? So when you're a Nielsen household, you're supposed to be tracking for your whole household. So like, you know, if your kids are watching stuff like are you 
writing that down. Uh, that's a lot to track. And then in this day and age, they've started tracking streaming just recently, but not that long ago, they weren't even tracking streaming. So if you and your husband are watching, you know, TV in the evening, you might write that down. But then if your kids are watching, you know, Netflix for five hours, that's not even tracked. Right. Um, and on top of that, to finish off this rant about Nielsen. <laughs> I like it. You're uh, getting impassioned. You got on some top strong of feelings. That, it's a very small sample size. It's yes. not a lot of people that are actually included in this. So so it's pretty it's a pretty weak system of like tracking how people watch TV. And yet, in fact, it's 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 been this kind of uh process since the 50s. And yet this is the process that basically decides whether your television show lives or dies. And it has been yeah. for a long time. Right. And um basically what they do is they take families and households like Thomas's and they know his demographics background and the demographics of his house and they try to extrapolate using the other data in the region and all that stuff and try and figure out okay this is how many people we think we're watching and one of the big criticisms of Nielsen that's come out over the past I don't know 10-15 years is that as we've gotten this huge cable TV boom and not just streaming but also cable and all this other stuff and there are so many different options the sample sizes have gotten smaller and smaller and smaller when there were only four major channels that people were watching it made a lot more sense that they could get like yeah. a, a large sample size but now there are so many different things that you can be watching and they are not super well equipped to talk about streaming as you've talked about and uh they, they recently released um this is all super long-winded way of getting into our actual topic <laughs> yes which is that uh nielsen just released their first report on streaming right thank you uh because they bought a a company called grace note which uh basically tracks your smart tv viewing so anything that you were streaming through a smart tv they were able to kind of track which is a limited which is again a limited sample size because it's not yeah. going to count anything that you watch on your smartphone or uh on a ipad or tablet and it wouldn't it wouldn't include anything you put on a laptop um which is how I think a lot of people in our generation watch things uh, these yeah. days. Yeah. All the Nielsen trash talk aside, uh, part of why we're looking at this and part of why I think it survived since the 1950s when sending people a booklet was, you know, an OK way to track TV is it's it's often the best that we have. You know, Netflix has infinitely detailed statistics about who's watching what, but they don't release them to the public, which makes um, sense because that's kind of yeah. their that's that's their advantage over the rest of the industry. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we want to talk about which things are most popular and who's watching what these kind of crappy, you know, Nielsen statistics have been the best thing that we've had so far. You know, it's like Winston Churchill said, uh, Nielsen is the worst form of ratings, except for every other kind of uh, ratings that have been <laughs> developed before. Uh, yes, yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just important. For, the reason we pointed out all of its problems is not to say, you know, don't listen to them, but to, to kind of figure out which way they skew. Um, right. And because they've recently released their newest uh, stuff that includes some of this streaming information, we would expect it to skew much older and uh, kind of these kinds of people that Nielsen would be targeting um, and that would fill things out and would be yeah. watching they're streaming on a television as opposed to a laptop or another device. Right. And using that data, they found that uh, streaming was 20% of all TV watching, t TV usage. Um, Netflix was 31% of that. YouTube came in second at 21%, then Hulu at 12, Amazon at 8%, and then all others, which would include Disney Plus and other kinds of things like Tubi, and they, they name a couple of other things here, but I yeah. don't think they're worth mentioning, came in at 28%, which is still, which is the second largest segment, but it is, you know, kind of the right. other category. 
Yeah, I think the it's a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the mic picked up my my deep sigh there, but uh. no. I, <laughs> um, our our listeners are sighing at this point if they haven't bailed already. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. If, I I hope this is interesting to everyone else as it is to us because it's kind of the uh, yeah the only data that we have to go off of. Well, you're the first person I've found who was excited by the fact that I was a Nielsen household. So I think I am fascinated. This is a, this is a special situation and hopefully, you know, this podcast is going out to the other people who find that intriguing, but all uh, 25 of us. Yeah. You've, uh, you've stopped listening. But anyway, I think the, the distribution of uh, streaming on the TV is much more interesting than the percentage of streaming on a TV, so the you know the nineteen to eighty percent uh, number, it, right? That se- it seems that's that seems to illustrate like a world in which people are watching way more traditional TV than they are streaming. Um, but that's just on a TV. It's just on their and, TV. Yeah, right. It and should so, be unsurprising that people are watching a traditional TV on a traditional TV. Right. Yes. <laughs> um. So that doesn't that doesn't really show us like how much streaming is being watched versus TV overall. I would guess you know, streaming overall is probably even winning at this point. Cause it's like how much, how much of your streaming do you watch on an actual TV versus like a phone or a laptop? Me? Uh, I watch pretty much everything on my computer at this point. I have it hooked yeah. up to it, hooked up to a TV, but I don't right. it. That's yeah. that wouldn't be counted in this, in this kind of thing. Right. Um, I have like a big external monitor, but I play everything through my, through my computer. Yeah. And my, yeah. that's how we get all my streaming services and all the stuff that my wife and I watch together. We watch on our TV, but um, like anything I watch by myself, anything she watches by herself, she will usually watches on computer or phone. Anything my brother uh, watches, you know, like my siblings, um, the stuff they watch, they're watching on their phones. Uh, most of the people I know my age um, are watching streaming stuff on laptops or phones so that's that's a huge number that's that's left out of that just just to interject real quick i know sure. i know people who watch stuff uh watch these streaming services through their like xbox or uh yeah. something like yeah. that which i also imagine is not included in this right in this uh evaluation that said that 80 percent still represents sort of like a market that the streaming uh has not overtaken yet and we'll only see that grow over time as like everybody who's watching streaming on their phones now like gets older has more money buys smart tvs and you know is watching youtube on an app on their tv potentially instead of on their phone um or just like stops watching anything on their tv altogether in lieu of watching something on their laptop or phone but theoretically that time spent watching stuff on tv that 80 percent of time is still like potential time spent watching live tv that would eventually dissipate or you know be overtaken by streaming right um, to a large extent uh, it, another thing that uh this is you know i i'm we can we can cut this if this isn't super if you don't find this is interesting but something that I, i'm pretty plugged into basketball and one of the things that has been a running uh narrative this year in the nba is that the tv ratings are down um which has always seemed weird to me as something that they care so much about because people are watching television in such in all of these different ways and right. uh you know Streaming live sports is more difficult, but not impossible. And also Nielsen ratings don't capture people who go to a bar to watch uh, live sports or go to any kind of, uh, 
large gathering unless that bar is a Nielsen household, which I can't imagine it would be because it would be so difficult to to they'd have to like walk up to everyone and be like, are you actually watching this game or not? Which TV are you watching? Uh, so if people are cutting the cord and they are uh, using just streaming services and they wouldn't even be included in this Nielsen data, even if they were opting into it, and then they were going to live places to watch live sports, it wouldn't be captured in this data. I don't know. It's it's right. um, yeah. Yeah. it's it's just we're using such outdated forms of stuff that was outdated even like 10, 15 years ago is just becoming so wildly obsolete uh, that it's kind of crazy that we are still putting so much weight on it, but it's still, again, the best thing that we have. Whether or not it's accurate, I, th- I think that indication, the sort of like ratings are dropping is is indicative of something, which is less people are spending time watching, you know, programmed television. You know, it, 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 it may not be reflecting that like super accurately, but I think I think that's a reality and one that they have to deal with. Um, last thing before we move on from these Nielsen stats, uh, you know, about the breakdown of the streaming usage, the you know, the main thing here is Netflix is just you know, uh, kicking butt. Uh, they are. The, and again, we are not uh, we're not advertising for Netflix. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's, just, just... it's just the facts. Uh, <laughs> they're really doing a good job. Uh, they're really, you know, you know, you can't be mad at us that they're they're winning the war so far. Uh, Disney Plus is the sort of enigma here sitting within that 28 percent. So we can't really know like how big it is. Um, but I think the most surprising thing to me with this data here was seeing Netflix in a clear first place, which made sense to me, and then YouTube in second place beating out any other streaming service, which I mean is good for is good for me personally. Yeah, uh, right. I I think we kind of we kind of laughed when we read the the letter to shareholders from Netflix on on one of our earlier shows where they cited their two biggest competitors uh after sleep their two com- biggest competitors as youtube and Fortnite. um right yeah. and they said that basically whenever they see big outages of youtube in certain areas their usage spikes yeah. um yeah I, I, I don't know if they do the same thing for Fortnite, but um the point <laughs> is uh so this is kind of i guess what netflix saw coming uh they definitely thought that youtube was the one that was closest on their heels um so yeah yeah smash cut to Redbox now has a live free tv yeah that's that was it. I I don't have anything to say about this except it's a thing. It's hilarious to me. You can go to redbox.com slash stream dash free dash live dash TV <laughs> and you can watch uh We Heart Animals season four season live it, it's right It's streaming now. now until 4 17 p.m. Eastern, uh, which is a very interesting programming schedule. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're playing We Heart Animals season one right afterwards. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, no, but yeah, they have they have programs programming the all the programming that you know and love like comedy dynamics fail army forensic uh, files forensic files uh love that show now this Um, uh the i didn't know that they had a a show but uh okay uh they do have america's funniest home videos and tmz so in family feud yes when i need my tmz fix i can get it for free now from Redbox. Thank you. The episode that is airing right now on TMZ is called The Hollywood, not a Hollywood. The 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 Hollywood. Hollywood. Don't get it twisted. Uh, Oh, it's The Hollywood Beatdown. Uh, I wish I hadn't clicked on it and and actually found that out. That was way better the way I thought it was. Anyways, uh, yeah, we don't really have anything to say about that, but no, it's just uh, it's just funny. Um. (laughs) 
Redbox. I feel I feel a little bad for Redbox because I feel like they're in this position where it's like their their current business model clearly has like an expiration date and they've tried to like switch to like I think they had like a five dollar a month like streaming Netflix style like streaming video service. Maybe they still have that. But it was just like so bad. The selection was so bad that like <laughs> nobody knew it was a thing or cared or used it ever. Yeah, um, I feel, I feel bad I feel, for them too. I feel like this is just going to be the same deal where it's like they've obviously got somebody in their company who's like guys we need to you know build a streaming you know transition to streaming build up this side of art so we don't just die completely when disc players go the way of you know the woolly mammoth what is the name of this red box uh executive his name's like <laughs> yes best Michael. of luck to whoever michael whenever he loses his job when you know red box is free live tv streaming he's services. in his next interview he's like they're like so I see that you uh, were the CEO of Redbox. He's like, well, <laughs> let me tell you, I, I tried to tell them to innovate, but they weren't having it. <laughs> Uh, oh man anyways i think that was a good time to transition to our uh maybe another time we'll talk about how there's not enough danish tv which is <laughs> yeah we'll a, get to that we'll get to that in one of these months <laughs> uh which is a a new story that we have been sitting on for some time uh just building up building up the suspense really yeah uh, tune in tune in next month to see if we finally talk about why there's not enough danish tv yeah and it's a really interesting story let me tell you but super we super don't have enough time to get into it today yeah. uh today we want to talk about the netflix television show the circle which is actually based on a british reality tv show called circle and it is uh how to describe what the circle is um so there's like i think what was it eight ten people um they take they, they put them in different rooms uh, in this big building and each person is isolated in their own room. They don't really explain this at the beginning, but it becomes apparent over time that while they're in their room, they don't have access to the Internet or the outside world um, in any kind of way. Um, but all eight, some people, of them did bring books. I will say, yes, they, they were able to bring like books or stuff like that. And they goof off and like cook themselves food and stuff. Um, but they're 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 isolated, but they get to interact with each other through the circle which is this social media network just for them um, that's all quote unquote voice activated. And so the, the basic premise is just they interact with each other and then they rank each other and people get eliminated or get to win based on the rankings over time. Yeah, exactly. And uh, people come in and out and you're only allowed to share very specific things. So you're only able yeah, to interact during set periods of time. Uh, you're only able to show, you know, X number of photos that you brought with you. Yeah. Um, you're only able to show videos if you win like a challenge and there's games that they play with each other and yes. uh yes i mean i think at its core like the, the most interesting part of it is that it's like it's basically just you take the normal reality tv show conventions but force the interactions to happen over uh quote unquote social media um and so the most interesting parts of it to me were like everything that comes with that yes um, so like the the misunderstandings or or loss of nuance that comes through like not seeing someone in person not knowing if they're real if their photos are real and only being able to communicate with them via text and how that sort of affects your perceptions of them and how you're able to use that to you know manipulate your image that you're presenting that's what it is at, at its most interesting but it's it's a uh, this is like the kind of tv show that i describe as like great trash tv like it's really you can binge it you can get into it uh it can be very exciting but at the end of the day it's really not good <laughs> uh 
yeah, it's definitely it's definitely kind of lower brow, I would say. I wrote I wrote some notes and I would like to read them to you because I stopped after about the second minute because I was like, I have this is not going to work out. <laughs> the first one is why are there so many screens? Um, There were so in the first like minute of the show, there are just every every introduction of every character or every contestant. They're not characters. Um, Just has like it looks like the Brady Bunch with just all of the different <laughs> screens and they're talking out of all of them. It's like the Brady Bunch meets Big Brother. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I don't know who edited this show because it is on. I don't know if they gave the contestants cocaine or just the editor, but someone was on cocaine. I don't know where they found these people because they are. I've never met anyone who is like the people in the circle. They're um, all jacked. They are jacked up. They're yeah, all yelling know. and screaming. Have you ever <laughs> met anyone? <laughs> like that in your in your life they were just so not they were just maybe they were just i don't know what that was uh <laughs> i i will say and I, I watched to the end and and you didn't they get worn down over time or maybe <laughs> i got worn down and like but like it feels like there's less yelling and screaming later in this in the like season after they've been there for like three weeks yeah but i mean it, this is kind of something that's like a trope of like reality so like some reality tv anyway where people are like overly excited about things or just like right absolutely. you know super emphatic but it's it's like turned up to a new level with this and then the, I, the number one show that this reminded me of the number one reality show tv show and i don't know if you've seen this show but i know that a lot of america has because it was one of the highest rating television shows of last year is the masked singer um not. which is the most bonkers television show i've ever seen the best way to describe it is there was a singing competition show and then someone in Korea saw this uh, or, or Japan saw this singing competition show and said, I know, let's make it crazy and put them in masks and let's like really go nuts. And then they translated that show into English and then they translated it into Korean and then they translated it back into English, um, like just through wow. Google Translate. And it's just it's a lot. Um, it sounds bonkers. <laughs> it's bonkers. And uh, this show really reminded me of that like uh just some of it just doesn't quite make sense but it seems like it just makes sense to them like it just kind of keeps yes. going um <laughs> so uh all the power to them uh, i do want to point out one thing about the circle that is something that i keep yelling at netflix about in every single episode which is that they actually released this show in segments so the first week or uh, the first four episodes came out on january 1st the second four episodes came out on january 8th and the last four episodes came out the following week so they really got that week-to-week -week vibe and that was how i originally heard about it was through just kind of word of mouth people being like oh did you see it it's like a week-to-week -week show and you can it's yeah. like not too late to jump on and uh i think that that really worked well for this really bonkers show <laughs> <laughs> they um they're they're doing it again right now with uh, another reality show they're doing called Love is Blind um, and it's the same basically release schedule where they're doing three or four episodes every week for three weeks and I, I, I gotta say I like this format it's an interesting like you can binge through a couple episodes and then it still gives you a week to go talk to some people about it over the weekend be like hey have you seen the show what do you think blah 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 and most um, importantly be excited for the next couple to come out y yes yeah 
um but it's not you know but you still get that binge experience quote unquote because you can watch two or three episodes in an evening and it's really cool that they they uh you know they listen to you because you were saying exactly this on our last show which was that you were hoping that they would put out like two or three or four episodes in a week um yeah and give you the option to kind of binge while also kind of uh, doing that dance between the two things. I can only uh, conclude somebody who's listening to this podcast at Netflix. So, yes. Um, so thank you. Um. <laughs> thank you for listening. I have a bunch of other ideas. Uh, email me. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, the circle, uh, they released it in chunks. Um it's pretty obnoxious. I have to say, as like ridiculous as it is, it gave me one of my favorite TV moments, uh, like reality TV moments oh, at least in in recent history, which is like there's this is a little bit of a spoiler, but it doesn't really matter. It's like there's a moment. So you have these catfishes and the people are interacting with each other over the social network. Because of this, you get into these situations where it's like there ended up developing the situation where one guy is like happily married and he's playing a catfish of a single person who's like more attractive than him and is like more of a ladies man than he is or whatever. He's doing a terrible job of it, but nonetheless, he's doing I, it. I did see him. He was he was doing a very bad job. Yes. <laughs> and then there's this other guy who's playing a catfish version of his girlfriend. And long story short, like they end up basically creating this like fake relationship with between their two catfishes so you have these scenes where it's just two straight guys flirting with each other over social media quote unquote <laughs> because they're both trying to trick each other and it's it's just a beautiful thing uh, uh when someone gets kicked out of the house uh usually they get to go and see one of the other contestants and sort of face reveal themselves in yeah. person and that ends up happening between these two they they see each other so they both simultaneously uh in person realize that they were being catfished by the other person. Uh, and it's it's really uh, it's hilarious and really interesting and funny to watch. And and like I said, it kind of speaks to like the best parts of the show and what could be interesting about the show. It's just shrouded in layers and layers of like just ridiculous uh, reality TV like <laughs> schmutz. Uh, so <laughs> if so, they could like the concept at its core, I think is like compelling in some way, but I don't think they deliver on it uh that effectively but yeah it doesn't it doesn't doesn't accomplish that in its current state so a scathing review to be sure uh <laughs> <laughs> see we're we're not all we're not all uh we're not all positive about netflix this is trash yeah this is garbage okay so what are our two recommendations for this this month <laughs> uh i'm looking at our spreadsheet or our outline here and it uh they're both on netflix <laughs> uh I have for my recommendation this month uh, the Oscar winning documentary American Factory. This was the first production from Barack Obama and Michelle Obama's new production company. It's a it's a pretty interesting documentary about a Chinese company that opens up a factory in Detroit and just sort of like a culture clash that happens there it's very fascinating uh and and i really enjoyed it i've heard nothing but positive things it's great it does that thing i love documentaries that are able to tell their story without any kind of voiceover or like there's very few like interviews where people are directly talking to the camera that you can just kind of see the story unfold through this like progression of events that you get to see it's also one of those documentaries that you watch and you're like what were the people being filmed some of the people being filmed, what were they thinking? Like, why were they allowing this to be filmed? 
And I love that with a documentary. Anytime I'm like, how is this even a thing? Um, a lot of my favorite documentaries have that. So uh, great qualities in a documentary. Also, real quick, side note, I've recommended High Maintenance last month. The new season is coming out now. So uh, just to piggyback off that recommendation, go watch oh, High Maintenance. If high Maintenance. Uh, still still on the still on the to-do list. I will also, uh, I mean, Mr. Robot's still over, but you should still watch it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I am. I was watching it last night. I watched the first two episodes of season three again, because I'm pretty sure I watched those already. So <laughs> that's a that's a I remember the beginning of season three is kind of nuts because that was right. They it, it made that in 2016 and yeah. they do like this flash forward where he's like the darkest timeline and Trump wins or something. Yeah. Uh, interesting. OK, my recommendation is also on Netflix. It is the Netflix original series Ozark. Ozark is stars Jason Bateman and Laura Linney and is uh, I think the best way to sum it up is. I mean, it's an accountant for the mob uh, who's good at money laundering, and he has to basically go to the Ozarks in order to continue his business and and not get killed for by the cartel. Um, and it's it's a constant juggling act kind of show. Um, it's I wouldn't say it's groundbreaking in any of its you know the the things that it does. Uh, it's it's like a lot of difficult man kind of shows. It's a lot like Breaking Bad, but if it already started with him having broken bad and if he was being played by Michael Bluth from Arrested Development. Uh, <laughs> but he also is very much like the straight man in the room um, yeah. as opposed to the loose cannon, which I think a lot of other difficult men kind of are. You know, you don't really know what they're going to do, but they're going to pull something crazy. And yeah. with uh, Ozark, it's much more about setting up these elaborate like push and pull and different dynamic forces forces and watching him try to like wriggle his way out of them and just keep going for another another day another uh week another month whatever um and it is it is a show that i started when it came out and i watched the first like six episodes and i kind of fell off the wagon and i knew that the third season was coming out soon so i decided to watch it again and i was much more hooked this time so the second season was 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 very good and uh I, yeah, I recommend it. I watched the first season when it came out, and then when season two came out, uh, I watched the first episode of that, and then didn't finish the rest of it for whatever reason. I don't, it's, I don't remember disliking it. I think I just didn't get caught by it. So maybe that your first episode, uh, Jason Bateman won the best directing Emmy at the uh, oh, at the yeah. Emmys over all the Game of Thrones people, uh, which was kind of just kind of nuts for the final yeah, season is, of Game of Thrones, which was definitely a a lift, uh, like a directorial lift, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I don't think anyone expected him to win. Uh, if you look at his face when he's accepting the <laughs> Emmy, he definitely did not think he was going to win. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he won. And uh, I might be making a video about this soon, so I don't want to give too much away. But he's kind of becoming this. He's carving out this this directorial style. Um, he also directed a couple episodes of The Outsider on HBO. I, uh, I will definitely have to revisit season two at some point maybe get it finished up after after mr rope okay yes and i will watch yes. uh american factory probably this week cool right. anything you want to plug before we head out today um <laughs> after i did all this shilling for netflix uh don't tell me <laughs> i made a video for them about uh marriage story i'll put the link in the show notes since it's it's on the netflix uk and ireland youtube channel so it can it's kind of hard to find they put out a lot of content you can also go back and listen to our episode where we talked about marriage story it's true and it's i like true. to and you will see i was willing to criticize it uh <laughs> even though i'm being paid by netflix to make content for them so. yeah <laughs> um and what, what kind of video what's your most recent video you did made a video about uh who would win best 
editing at the Oscars and you you got it right. So that was pretty cool. I did. Well, my who I wanted to win in the video did did not. Uh, but my prediction in the comments came true. Uh, so that was cool. I also before that, I put out a video about Parasite and it's uh, doing quite well riding the boost from Parasite winning uh, Best Picture. Riding the boost so. of Parasite being the most important movie of the last 10 years. Yes, exactly. So I'm probably just going to ride that train a little bit more <laughs> and I have some more Parasite content coming out soon. Oh, nice, nice. For me, you can check out my channel, uh, Skip Intro. I made a video last month about Watchmen and I also made a video for The Ringer about Better Call Saul and why it's uh, basically why it's been able to last just as long as Breaking Bad and why it's uh, still working, even though we know exactly what's about to happen to everybody. We'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. You can watch it in preparation for uh, the new season coming up soon. Yeah, it comes out on the 23rd, which is next week, Very next excited. Sunday, maybe. I, I think that's my most anticipated show right now. Like, that's the show that I'm most excited to come back on TV. Um, Same. Yeah, it is definitely my favorite show that I'm looking forward to this this year. Uh, that or maybe, maybe. But. Uh, no, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. never mind. <laughs> Succession will probably follow close behind this year because I got so into that last yes, year. Yes, that was that was really good, and I'm excited to see what happens. Anyways, uh, yeah. Anything else you want to say before we head out? That's that's it. I'm good. I think. Uh, yeah, I think we. All right. You, uh, Netflix. You can make your check out to Thomas Flight <laughs> and Jackson Marr, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>